I'm Kevin Pankhurst. And I'm Donna Carter. And you're listening to Grow on the Go. Mm-hmm. So I've been looking through our many, 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 many podcasts. <laughs> yeah, we've been, is it six, this seven is years? Our seventh season. <sighs> so many. Yeah, so seven, many. really. And and those correspond to years, yes? Yes. So just so I was 23 when we started? Yeah, apparently. That is a significant chunk of like your life. early adulthood. I know. <laughs> that I, know. I have been part. Oh dear, I don't even want to know what I was talking about in the early podcast. Actually, it's pretty. I does mean, it age pretty well? <laughs> I, it does. I mean, most. I mean, this is my opinion, right? Our listeners may be thinking, "Oh, you have no idea." Yeah, it was a mess. <laughs> it took us. It took us probably a season and a half to kind mm-hmm. of find our find our groove, find our groove, yeah. and mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and figure out how scripted we want to be. Yeah, and yeah. Well, because mom, like mom does so much research, you you put together notes um, mm-hmm. on like the things you want to cover and like kind of how you want to say things. Mm-hmm. But like, that's, wah, I'm sitting cross-legged and my foot just slid off my chair. <laughs> 30 years old, still can't sit in a chair. Um, <laughs> you just, almost 31. You just kicked our listeners. I, I did you're... just kick our <laughs> listeners. Sorry. Um but you know that you can't just have that off the dome so it was more it was always more like okay let's have an organic conversation about this and we would kind of plan like how are we going to get there and now we just kind of sit down and go like okay yeah, let's, let's just, go let's just let's go, go and see what happens yeah. we can always always start over if we really we can it. which we've almost never done yeah Every so often we're like, this is a mess. Just start. (laughs) If it's like, if we're like five minutes in or less, we may consider starting over. Right. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, So you've been going through our seven seasons of podcasts. Old podcasts. Podcasts. And um, yeah, there's a few that I just thought, I really like that one. (laughs) Isn't that great? Let's use that one again, or at least part of it. Every so often I'll go through a project, especially when I was managing a team. I'd go through a website or a blog or something and be like, this is really great. Who wrote this? And then I'd be like, oh, I wrote it. I'm a genius. <laughs> no wonder I'm, I love this I'm so very much. good at this. That's a beautiful analogy. I should have known that was mine. <laughs> I speak almost exclusively in analogies. Mm-hmm. Uh, I wonder where you get that. Yeah, <laughs> my father. Yes, most definitely. Well, the podcast that I wanted to revisit was um, when... Um, we we did one called um, The Apostle Paul on Supernatural Love and Natural Consequences. Mm, catchy. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I think our, have our, our title conventions may have improved, improved a little bit. Improved a little bit? Yeah. Well, <laughs> see, I think I like the, the wordplay on um, supernatural and natural. Mm. I think that's what I was going for. But really, what it's about is crazy, indescribable love. Mm. And that's what I called it this time. Okay. <laughs> Are you better with that? Sure. Okay, so um, can you think of someone in your life who's really shown you amazing love? I can. Um, there have been so there have been so so very many people. I made a video recently just talking about experiences with depression, and one of the things I said was like, "I'm unbelievably privileged to have a huge support network. There are plenty of people who love me and would do anything to." Like if I asked them to, they'd you know drop pretty much drop everything. everything and, mm-hmm. So. 
the example I come up with, I don't, I don't want to give the impression that like, this is the only person. This is just, I think the, it was an unexpected. And it was an, it was an act of service that just, I I guess acts of service really speak to me. Mm. Um, I, it was a youth leader and we were in, we were doing prayers and, um, I just said, like, I'm reading this book for English class. It's literally all about drugs and sex, and I'm just not sure it's appropriate. I was, like, 15 or 16 at the time, which good for me. Yeah, I was like, I'm just not good. sure it's super appropriate for me. I don't know how much worse it's going to get, but, like, it's for school. And the next week I came back, and my youth leader had read the entire book in that week so she could say, I, that's really as bad as it gets. They're just kind of establishing the world. I think it's okay. Mm-hmm. Um and that, like, I didn't ask her to do that, and she didn't tell me she was going to do that, but yeah. it just, like, reading an entire book, like, it wasn't a huge book, but I'm it sure wasn't short. a book she owned, either. She no, would have had to either no. buy it or borrow it. Yeah, and, or, like, yeah, take it out of the library or whatever. Like, it, it took work for her to do mm-hmm. that, and it was, um, that meant a lot to me. That made me feel very, very loved and yeah. very no seen and heard, yeah. Like, rather than just, I mean, it's easy to you know, do a small act of service for someone when Mm. it's convenient. It's right in front of you. It's easy to do. But that was very intentional. Yeah. Yeah. She really went out of her way. Yeah. She really went out of her way and invested a lot of time in, you know, letting me know, like, I think it's okay for you to Mm -hmm. continue reading this book. Um, That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. That was back when you read books. I was back when I, before I was, again, I was like 15 or 16. So before Mm -hmm. I could read well, before I could read. Could read? Before I couldn't read yet. Before I was writing professionally uh, and, and to... when I could read and wanted to read. and Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I, I kind of get that, that when you do an awful lot of writing, it's uh, it's a little bit hard to uh, read. Like you still read. read. For fun. Right? Like you write yeah, and you I still do. read for I don't, fun. I don't, I, don't, I don't write all day like you do. That's true. Um, but I, what uh, my... Similar analogy, I guess, would be um, I used to draw for pleasure all the time as a kid. Yeah. And then I went in, in into interior design. Oh, yeah, I guess so. And I had to do a lot of drawing for my job, and yeah. I stopped drawing for pleasure completely. And it was and always on, like, grid paper, and, like, it was never, Well, like... there was drafting, but there was... And some mechanical drawing, but there was also, um, you know, just a lot of sketching mm. to... Um, you know, show clients what I was thinking. Like, I see. It's like I can't even talk without drawing when I'm doing design. <laughs> Which makes a podcast really difficult. <laughs> <laughs> when I'm doing design. Um, but when I, I gave up my design practice um, in order to start speaking and, and, um, and writing. Well, I had already written a book and it became a bestseller and suddenly I was really busy speaking and yeah. I couldn't do both. Yeah. And it took a few months, but I, I remember it coming to me. I was arranging flowers one day and just getting such joy hmm. out of that visual creativity. And that's when I realized, oh, this is really missing from my life now. Mm-hmm. Writing is creative, but it's not visual. Mm-hmm. And that's when I decided to take a painting class. Mm-hmm. And that's when I found out, hey, I'm actually yeah decently good at this. Yeah. Well, I remember you dabbling in watercolors briefly when I was a kid. That's kid. true. I did dabble a little wee bit, but not... Like not strategically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, strategic dabbling. <laughs> strategic. Dabbling. I never well. do anything strategically. Hmm. I'm just grateful that I enjoy sewing because, um, 
I can wear what I make. <laughs> True, it's practical. And and honestly, if I weren't selling paintings, I'm not sure if I would. I mean, I'd probably paint anyway, but it would be just, I'm so practical. Like, mm. once I've created something, I mean, you only have so now many Now what walls. do I do with it? Yeah. Well, this room, I was setting up this room uh, for the podcast. <laughs> you can't move for the sheer volume of canvases. Of paintings, I know. <laughs> it's, it's pretty crazy in here right now. Yeah, I'm fixing a bunch of older paintings. So because mm. you know, the more you learn and grow, the more you look at your older work and you, and you go, think, oh, I could good. definitely do better than that right now. Yeah. The good thing with acrylic is you can just keep painting over it. Yeah. <laughs> which which I do. So we're gonna get into talking about how um when we experience hints of God's love through a human, mm -hmm. that can that can help us heal from um, things in our past that have made us feel unlovable. So that's that's where we're going. Okay. The scripture talks about grafting us into the vine mm -hmm. that is Israel, which is pretty cool. And this wasn't just some random idea Paul had. It was actually prophesied in the Old Testament. Um, Isaiah 49, 6 um, says, You will do more than restore the people of Israel to me. I will make you a light to the Gentiles, and you will bring my salvation to the ends of the earth. So Jesus was born into the Jewish race with the um, with the, the goal that Israel would, through him, be a light to the whole world, mm -hmm. to the whole planet. Yeah. Which is what happened. It is. So Ephesians 3.10 says this. Just scrolling down. Oh, I see. Yeah. says this dramatic pause. <laughs> the purpose of this was to unveil before every throne and rank of angelic orders in the heavenly realm God's full and diverse wisdom revealed through the church. This perfectly wise plan was destined from eternal ages and fulfilled completely in our Lord Jesus Christ, so that now we have boldness through him and free access as kings before the Father because of our complete confidence in Christ's faithfulness. So verse 12 points out that we aren't just tolerated <laughs> by God or even welcome, but that we can approach him boldly. This is kind of a big deal. I mean, there were periods in history, so I think of the story of Esther, Esther for example, mm -hmm. where if anyone walked into the throne room of King Xerxes, or probably a lot of other kings throughout history, yeah. um, he would decide, in, in, in the story of Esther um, specifically, he by the way he held his scepter, whether that person should be executed or they should be allowed to come in and talk to him. Which, I mean, as an introvert, that really appeals to me. I don't necessarily want people <laughs> killed, but I'd very much be able to be like, mm, no, I'm good. Bye. <laughs> I'll see you never. Now, how about never? Does yeah. never work for you? Yeah, I'll see you never. Yeah, so um, that's so amazing that we can... Approach God boldly. Mm -hmm. And then in verse uh, 16 to 18, it talks about, um, and I pray that he would um, unveil within you the unlimited riches of his glory and favor until supernatural strength floods your innermost being with his divine might and explosive power. Then by constantly using your faith, the life of Christ will be released deep inside you, and the resting place of his love will become the very source and root of your life. Then you will be empowered to discover what every holy one experiences, the great magnitude 
of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching his love is, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. This extravagant love pours into you until you are filled to overflowing with the fullness of God. Okay, we just need to stop and talk about that. Mm-hmm. You know, I love how, um, you know, uh, you know, we already talked about how we can boldly approach God as our Father. Yeah. You know, that's that's daddy love, right? Mm-hmm. That, you know, I mean, I don't ever remember really a time that my dad wasn't delighted to see me. <laughs> I mean, I remember times my dad wasn't delighted to see me, but <laughs> to be fair, his office is right outside my bedroom. Right. And and we had two daughters with ADHD who didn't always have the impulse control to realize, you know, I should wait to talk to dad about this until later. Yeah, so that has a lot more to do with the situation than my father. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, I, I feel like my dad, I mean, I'm sure there were times he wasn't delighted to see me, but I felt like he was always delighted to see me. Mm-hmm. And that's how our father is with us. I mean, I even remember going to my dad's office and him being delighted to get up from his desk. And I mean, he worked downtown in a tower Mm -hmm. and just getting up from his desk and being just delighted to have this interruption in his day. Now, if he had worked in the house and I was interrupting his day every day, it might have been an entirely different story. Well, and I I do want to make it clear that, like, I call... Like, Scott's in Australia. My husband's in Australia. So if anything goes even slightly wrong, especially, like, mechanically or with my house, Mm -hmm. I call Dad, and he'll drop whatever he's doing and come get me, and I'll apologize profusely, and he'll be like, no, this gives me joy. It gives me joy Mm -hmm. to do this for you. So, yeah, as an adult, I absolutely feel that. As a kid, less so. But understandably. (laughs) Yeah. Um, So if we had a good dad, I mean, I had a good dad. You You have a good dad. We can grasp just a little of God's immense love for us. But as these verses say, we will never understand it fully. We can only Mm -hmm. experience it. Let me just reread this verse 18. Um, That you will be empowered to discover what every Holy One experiences, the great magnitude of the astonishing love of Christ in all its dimensions, how deeply intimate and far-reaching is this love, how enduring and inclusive it is, endless love beyond measurement that transcends our understanding. We can't understand it. We can only experience it. Every time you read endless love, I hear, my love, my love, my endless love. That's all I can hear. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> You've said it twice now, and I'm like, oh, no. Uh, yeah. So um, we can only experience that love. And it's also true that the power to love others and serve them as representatives uh, of Jesus. Um, it, in verse 20, it says, Never doubt God's mighty power to work in you and accomplish all this. He will achieve infinitely more than your greatest request, your most unbelievable dream, and exceed your wildest imagination. He will outdo them all, for his miraculous power constantly energizes you. So, I mean, we don't feel like loving everyone, <laughs> but if we are experiencing God's love, then we have that pool to tap into. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to be quick to say that a lot of us who know God are not experiencing God's love. We 
um, it's like our love-o-meter has, has been broken because we maybe didn't have good dads or we didn't have loving mothers. We haven't experienced nurture and we tend to project those things onto God mm-hmm. or we go through life thinking he's disappointed with us mm-hmm. and because because of something in our past. So if that is your reality, I really want to encourage you to seek healing from that. There's some really wonderful books um, out there that could help you. One I've read that has been hugely healing for me is called The Gift of Being Yourself mm. by a guy named Benner, B-E-N-N-E-R. Um, another one that has um, really been wonderful for me is um, the Ted Decker book that we highlighted in our um, summer book club series, mm-hmm. um, which is called The Way I, uh, the, the Hidden, nope, The Forgotten Way. Okay. Phew, if I got there. We got there. The you sec- forgot the His second book way. is The Way of Love. Yeah. Yes, I did forget the forgotten way briefly. Whew. Anyway, so his love is ours to experience. If you're not experiencing it, if you don't feel overwhelmingly loved by God, if you don't feel his delight in you, you need to seek healing mm-hmm. because it is there for you. And there's nothing so amazing. There's nothing that frees you from all of the ways that you cope or strive to get people to love you, notice you, accept you. Um, When you know, when you feel secure in that amazing um, supernatural love of God, that striving ceases and it's such a wonderful freedom. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, Yeah, I, I really encourage you to ask God to give you experiences of his love. Mm-hmm. You may need him to reveal to you ways that you've superimposed your thoughts or memories of your own dad onto him. Receiving healing from the wounds you've received as a child can really help you relate to God boldly, the mm-hmm. way he wants you to. Yeah, and and God will give, I can say this with complete certainty because it's happened to me a million times, God will give you proof When you ask for it, you also probably need to ask for eyes to see it. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so funny. Scott notices things so much easier than I do. And, like, God has basically dropped things into my lap and then rang the doorbell to be like, hello, (laughs) this is me in case you're not getting it, you absolute numbskull. Um, And Scott's just like, I think this is a God thing. And I'm like... Yeah, so you're can you give us right. an example of that? Probably not. Um, really, just anything. Something goes sideways, and we're like, especially when it's something that no one really expected. We had no reason to believe it was going to go that way. And he goes, oh, I guess it's a God thing. And I'm like, it's not always something fun or nice or exciting. Right. A lot of the time, it's something that we don't want. And we're like, great. But he's accepting the sovereignty of God. Yeah, he's just like, well, yeah. whatever. And I'm like... You're way too good at this because it took me a solid 27 years to get to that point. (laughs) The thing about the sovereignty of God that is so beautiful is that God is not capable of expressing his will to us except that it is an expression of perfect love. Yeah. So even when something doesn't feel good, it is still loving. Mm -hmm. I mean, when kids are disciplined— Rightly, I'm not talking about, you know... Smacking someone across the face. Yeah, exactly. When kids are properly disciplined, 
that's out of love. It's easier for parents to just let kids do what they want. It's exhausting mm-hmm. to discipline them and then, you know, have them mad at you for days, you know? When I think, sorry, I remember go ahead. T- I just remember times. I remember one time I had to take gymnastics away from Kendall. It was yeah. the thing she loved more than anything. But we had told her if there were, if there are any more assignments not handed in, you know, if we hear that on your next report card, you will have to take a, a semester off gymnastics. Mm-hmm. And oh, I hated doing it because I knew how much she loved it. And I knew how mad she was going to be. And she was. And she was capable of being she could be really extremely mean. stubborn and m- mad at me for a really long time. But I had to do it. And it was the loving thing to do. When I think, I think there's an analogy that might be even more apt because God doesn't really do punishment. He does natural natural consequences. Mm-hmm. We reap what we sow. God doesn't sit there with a bullet of lightning and go, ah, you did the wrong thing. Now I got to zap you. <laughs> the consequences we reap are our own consequences. Mm. And due to sin, but when we sin, the hurt that comes from that isn't God necessarily punishing us. It's us getting what happens do wow, that's a stupid sentence. It's us reaping our own rewards. So I think of it as like a vaccination. Hmm. It doesn't feel good to get a needle. Right. But it is to keep you safe and yeah. healthy. Yeah. And you know, holding a baby that's screaming because they got a needle is awful. But you do it because you know that it's important to keep them safe. Yeah, that is a really good analogy. I felt like I'd betrayed you guys terribly when I had to hold you when you were getting needles. And mm-hmm. you'd look at me like, Mommy, why are, why are you letting them, them do, do this? Yeah, and that's that's what it is. Or, you know, my, my cousin, one of my cousins had to have several surgeries as a little kid. And mm-hmm. she understood, like, I get that this has to happen. But she still, she'd be like, okay, well, can we just do it today? Can we just get it over with? Because she's crazy tough. She's insane. She's She boxes now, and she's incredible. It's awesome. Um, and so, you know, sometimes we understand. Sometimes we don't. But I would say, and tell me if I'm off base, because I'm not as far along in my relationship with God as you are, but it's n- never even a punishment. When things, when things hurt us, it's due to sin it's never even a punishment it's not god sitting there being like well no you have to learn it's either this is necessary to keep you from harm or you made this choice Mm -hmm. and it's hurt you and there are places in the in paul's writings where um where he says that god abandons people to their own choices basically Mm -hmm. so he 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 turns them over to experience the consequences of their own choices mm-hmm. and behavior and and that's a scary thing. I don't ever I don't ever want to be in that position because sure. the, in that infers if he is turning us over at times to our own the consequences of our own choices then that kind of implies that most of the time he's protecting us from ourselves yeah. from ourselves. Yeah. Yeah, and and I also think it's important to say that like the if he uses the phrase god phrase god abandons us to our own decisions he still isn't abandoning us no he goes all right well i guess i'm going to let you walk into that electric fence cuz you're, you're deemed just, to you're need so to understand determined yeah. to go that way yeah but he's still watching mm-hmm. and 
he's still got us, but he's going to let it zap us. It's like, you know, if your kid keeps harassing a cat, eventually you kind of need to let them get bit or scratched yeah. so they under like so they understand that's what happens and that's why we don't do that yeah look look at us with all the examples mm-hmm. <laughs> i speak exclusively in analogies it's the only way i know how to make sense <laughs> wow well um you know i'm on a real journey of of um of learning what the father's love means for me mm-hmm. one of the really cool ways he's shown his love to me in the last uh, year. I, I think I may have mentioned before, I took a, cl- a course called Deeper. And the subtitle is Learning to Hear the Holy Spirit for, or maybe it's the voice of God, for yourself and for others. Mm-hmm. So the first half of the course, you practice learning how to hear the Holy Spirit's voice for yourself. And then the second half, you learn how to hear the Holy Spirit's voice for other people. Ooh. And it's a really cool um, safe environment to practice hearing God for other people because I mean we all play that game like oh was that me or was that God and and we're afraid to say something to someone else but in that environment we're all learning we're mm-hmm. all practicing and so there were a number of different exercises where we we were asked to do that and one of them and it sounds really crazy but it's kind of amazing how God used it in my life. So half of the group were lined up against a wall with our eyes closed, and the other half of the group had to seek someone out that they did not know and stand in front of them. And then we were told to open our eyes. And the person who was standing in front of us, I was one of the people with my eyes closed, was supposed to say to me the first thing that popped into her head Mm -hmm. um, that she believed might be from God. And what she said to me was, you're like a a red daisy-like flower. In full bloom. Okay. I know. I'm like, great. And then we sort of stood looking at each other awkwardly, Just like... Blinking at each other, like... Great. Okay, well, thanks for that. Yeah. I'm moving on now. Yeah, cool. So I went home and used some of the tools that they'd given us in the course for sort of researching the meaning of certain symbols. Mm-hmm. So I looked up... I, I found out that there is a red daisy-like flower that blooms in the Holy Land... Oh, cool. Only in late January, early February. The red is the hardiest of all of the, the um, this type of flower. Ooh, look at you go. And it positions itself so that it's always facing the sun. It keeps turning its face to the sun. Like a sunflower. And I was about to leave for Dakar, Senegal mm. in late January, early February. Also a desert, like it's sub-Saharan. Mm-hmm. And um, God showed me that he was using me to bring refreshment to the people that we were staying with, actually, Um, much like this beautiful uh, field of flowers that's only in bloom for a few weeks brings refreshing to a desert people who are unaccustomed to seeing color. That's cool. And then and to see, you know, the idea of always facing the sun. And so that was a real... um, affirmation but also challenge to me to just always keep my focus on God okay so that was cool in itself right Mm. but then um, I get home and one of the other exercises that they had us do was to um, write a little card to to someone um, to and they had the cards on the table um, saying what we believe God wanted to say to that person the person who wrote me a card 
knew none of this. Mm-hmm. Picked a card with a red daisy-like flower oh, on the front. Oh, crazy. And, uh, and then I get home a, shortly later, and I finish filling up my journal. And so I go to my shelf where I picked another journal. I buy them, like, in bulk at the dollar store. <laughs> yeah. Pluck it off the shelf. What does it have on the front? Red daisy. A red daisy-like flower, yes. Crazy. So that's just a really cool way that God has continued to show me his, his great love for me. And on that note... That is it for us today on Grow on the Go. I'm Kevin Pankers. And I'm Donna Carter, inviting you to grow on the go. Thanks for listening to Grow on the Go. Share this episode on social media and find more great programs at faithstrongtoday.com.